Doug is a teenager, active in his youth group, and he wants to heed the will of God. But he isn't sure what God's will is for his social life. So Doug worked out a system for Friday nights. Now, this was pre-text, pre-Facebook, all right? First, he made out a list of girls that he wanted to take out on a date. And then he began phoning, starting at the top of the list. And if the line was busy or there was no answer, he would take that as God's will that he was not supposed to date that girl. If the phone rings and the girl's interested, that he's interested in answers... That means that God has given his blessing for Doug to ask her out. It is God's will that, that, God, that Doug date her. A few years ago, when I lived in Rockford, there was a guy who said he'd been praying and he'd been seeking for a church uh, for his family to attend. We'd never met before. And he said while he was praying, he told me this later when, he, when I first met him, he saw my face while he was praying. It might be a nightmare. But anyway, uh, kind of like a vision. Again, we'd never met. And God gave him a vision of my face, and he walked into my office, kind of a twilight zone thing when he saw me, you know, and in his dream, he said, I saw this man with my color hair, my age, uh, glasses, incredibly handsome, and he, <laughs> and he believed God had led him to our church. What's God's will for your life? What has God intended for you? How do we determine and discover his will. If you're around church for very long, you'll usually hear phrases like, well, God wants me to do this. God called me to do that. You know, God told me or God led me. And it seems pretty common thinking among Christians to say that God has a pathway for us to follow and our job is to discover what that pathway is for our lives. God has the right person for you to marry. He has the right job for you to be in, the right church picked out for you. And so we pray for guidance and We look for signs and seek advice and read the Bible and search our hearts and we hope we can discover God's will for our lives. And I think that's okay. All of us should want to know what God's will is and we should ask, is this what God wants me to do? But I also believe that this will of God talk has led to some really unbiblical and even harmful thinking. In the Bible, God revealed his will several ways. He spoke directly. He spoke through prophets. He spoke through symbols and signs, through dreams and angels, through the Bible, of course, which is the primary way, through the Holy Spirit, through leaders, through people, through circumstances, through nature, through silence. Sometimes he spoke through nonbelievers, and one time he spoke through a donkey. So there's many different ways that God has revealed his will. So in the Bible, there's a lot about God's will But there's not much about God's will specifically for my life. In fact, there is no command telling you to find God's will for your life. Isn't that interesting? So instead of asking, what is God's will for my life, which we never find in the Bible, I believe it is more scriptural to ask, what is God's will? And stop there. And the focus needs to be on God and his will and not my life. Remember the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we are to find God's will and then align our lives to his will. Now, God did have specific will for certain individuals, like a specific plan for Jesus to come and die on the cross for the sins of humanity. He had a specific will for Paul to be a missionary to the Gentiles. There was a specific call to Moses and some other key leaders in the Bible. But for the vast majority of people, The ordinary Christian, the ordinary Israelite, there was no such specific will. The Bible gives just a general call to do the will of God. One reason people are wanting God to give them direction, I believe, is we have so many choices. 
This is kind of an American phenomenon in this regard. We want someone to help us decide because we have so many options. I've got to choose one college among hundreds that are out there, one career out of dozens. I've got to marry that one woman out of the hundreds that want me. Uh, (laughs) Some of you have that problem, I know. A pastor told about his conversation with a man who was raised in India. And the pastor asked, when did you first fall in love with your wife? And the man said, about three years after we were married. It was an arranged marriage. He had met his wife one week before the wedding. So obviously, he didn't have a chance to discover God's will for a life partner. He didn't have a choice. So his job was to love the woman that had been chosen for him. Now, wouldn't that be simpler? Mom and dad, wouldn't you like to do that? Uh, and kids, wouldn't it be easier for someone else to make that decision? We may not like it, but, but someone else deciding who I marry, someone else deciding which job I take, etc., And I think what's going on in all this seeking of God's will, we're saying, God, you decide. There's so many choices, and I don't want to make a mistake, so we want someone else to take the responsibility of deciding. The seeking God's will for my life does raise some problems. And one of those is that it causes us to focus on less important issues. When people focus on God's will for my life, usually they focus on things like career, who to marry, where to live, you know, whether to take that job promotion, should I move into a new house? And those are important issues, but I would suggest those are secondary issues. They're not the big ones. The big decisions are the ones we make every day. Our daily choices are the major decisions because those are the ones that determine who you are. We think long and hard about what college, what job, what career, you know, what spouse, you know, which we should but we don't give near as much attention to our daily decisions, how much TV we watch, internet exposure. Are we truthful, honest? Are we filled with grace and patience and forgiveness? Are we witnessing? And and we make a big deal of these so-called big issues, but really what's more important, the kind of house you live in or the kind of person you are? The vocation you're in or the kind of character you have? See, those daily decisions are the big ones. Let's say I'm 19 years old. I'm debating about whether to be an engineer or a teacher. Which is more important to God? The decision to be an engineer or a teacher? Or is God more interested in the kind of engineer or kind of teacher I would be? Maybe God would be okay with me being either one. That's a secondary issue. Is God more concerned about the profession or the person? There are engineers you can't trust. And there are teachers you can't trust. And there's engineers that are people of integrity and are good models. And there's teachers that have integrity and are good models. And if you look at the Bible, it's a lot more concerned about the person, the character. I believe God is less interested in me being a preacher and more interested in me being faithful. He'd rather have me be a faithful street cleaner than an unfaithful preacher. Now, we still have to make these other decisions, and God is concerned about them, but they are secondary. Who you marry? Secondary. Yeah. That is really a secondary decision. Where you live, your vocation, those are all secondary to who you are. So do you want to know the will of God for your life? Here's the will of God for your life. It is God's will, first of all, you have salvation. He's not willing that any perish. And if you reject salvation, you're rejecting the will of God. It is God's will you proclaim good news to others. He's very clear about that. It is God's will that you be thankful and have a heart of gratitude. It is God's will that we be content with what we have. It's God's will that we have unity. 
John 17, it is God's will that we be sexually pure, 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It is God's will that we do not get drunk. It is God's will that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We already know what God's will is in a whole bunch of areas, and it's all about character, who you are, what you're devoted to, what you're living for, your priorities. Here's a second problem. Seeking the will of God specifically for my life assumes that God is hiding something. I'm praying that I'll discover his will for my life. Is the will of God something we must discover? Or is it something he's already revealed? Is it something we have to figure out or is it something we must simply obey? Kids, teenagers, do your parents tell you what they want you to do? Or do they trick you so you don't really know what they want you to do? You know, now most parents are pretty clear what they want for you. Pick up your room, do the laundry, get off the phone, you know, be in by nine, stuff like that, or ten. Anyway, your parents don't trick you when they want you to do something. They tell you very clearly, and I would suggest it's the same with God. He has told us very clearly what he wants us to do. He's not playing hide-and-seek with us. He doesn't have some hidden somewhere, some choice for us to discover. He's not playing a game to frustrate us or cause us to doubt and question. Ellen and I believe that God had a hand in our getting together. We honestly believe that. But Ellen could have married another guy and still be faithful to God's will. She would have been dumb to do that, but she could have still been within the will of God. You know, if God wants you to marry a specific person... He will make that very clear. He will arrange it. But if he doesn't, maybe he doesn't have one specific person picked out. Maybe he expects you to use some principles and guidelines for who to marry and for whatever decision you might make. Here's the third thing. Seeking God's will for my life creates doubt. We can wonder, well, what if I did the wrong thing, made the wrong choice? What if God wanted me to be a teacher instead of a preacher? You know, when I get discouraged, I think, well, maybe I was never supposed to be a preacher at all. Maybe. And it creates doubt. What if Ellen made a mistake when she married me? She'd been living outside of the will for four years, and she just didn't marry the right person. God had someone else in mind for her. Or maybe she wasn't supposed to get married at all, and there may be times that she thinks that wouldn't be so bad. There are times you might think you're in the wrong profession, you're in the wrong place. There's times you think you married the wrong person, and maybe you did make a bad decision, but it's not because you necessarily missed the will of God. Don't put this on God. Seeking God's will for my life can be problematic, creates doubt and all kinds of faith issues. So let me summarize. God's will is very clear about the important decisions. That's your daily choices. How to live, your attitude, your character, your thought life and behavior and prayer life and devotional life, your relationship to others. But he usually allows freedom concerning secondary issues, which we often think are the big ones. Job, college, where to live, who to marry. Should I go to a nursing home, you know, if you're an older person? Now, I use the word usually because sometimes he does have a specific calling for a specific person like he did with Paul or Moses. I read one book um, that said the idea of finding God's will for my life is actually a pagan notion. The pagan kings, for example, would seek the will of their gods or their blessing before going into battle. Here's one example, Ezekiel 21, 21. For the king of Babylon will stop at the fork in the road at the junction of the two roads To seek an omen, he will cast lots with arrows, he will consult his idols, he will examine the liver. Now, there's several pagan ways of discovering the will of God, and the most popular one among the pagans in Bible times was hepatoscopy, which is a study of the liver. So I've got this uh, plastic liver. If your liver is this hard, you're dead. But anyway, the liver 
was the heaviest organ and supposedly the most important organ. Now, it is a very important organ. You can't live without your liver. But they also believe that intelligence and memory resided in the liver. And so they created an entire course to study livers. And that sounds silly to us, but it's really not much different than going to a palm reader who's going to read your palm and you know, tell you something about your life. Sometimes in times of crisis, the ancients would slaughter a dozen sheep and study all their livers, hoping to find a similar pattern in, in several animals. And it sounds silly, but how different is it from making, seeking signs today to try and figure out the will of God? It says the king of Babylon used the cat slots with arrows. Now, I'm not even sure how to pronounce that, rabdomancy. Anyway, uh, what they would do is take some arrows, throw them up in the air, and how they landed would tell them which direction to go. So here we go. Which way are we supposed to go after church? Let's see. God, you tell us where we're supposed to go. Uh, looks like we're supposed to go that way. Okay? You want to do the will of God, you go out that door today. All right? Anyway, I, I know it's silly, but we know of one king, at least one king in history, who turned his soldiers around, turned his army back, even though he had the stronger army, because the arrows pointed retreat. Okay? Serious. Astrology is another one. Now, I just... This one's pretty easy. Lincoln Paper has my horoscope. Uh, I don't think I'll read it. Anyway, how many of you know what your sign, zodiac sign? Most, most people do today. I'm Aquarius, and most of you know. That's ancient. Let your astrologers come forward, Isaiah says, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. A new Paris, Harris poll found that 31%, a third of Americans, believe in astrology. And one study found that 45%, almost half of first-year university students, believe there's something to astrology, and 20% have made at least one decision in the past year based on their horoscope. And then there's, you can tell what this is, there's just a little bit of water, hydromancy using water to tell fortunes. Genesis 44.5 says, Isn't this the cup my master drinks from and also uses for divination? They believed they could read the liquid in a bowl or the liquid left in a bowl and it would predict the future. So how much backwash determines the will of God? See? Yeah. See, this idea of attaining some hidden knowledge from God is actually a pagan notion. God has hidden his will somewhere and we got to find it out, you know. Who am I supposed to marry? What job? And, and what school should I go to? And yes, well, Weber, uh, are you saying that God doesn't care? He doesn't lead us in these secondary issues? That he doesn't care what profession I'm in? He doesn't care who I marry or if I move? You know, don't the elders seek the will of God for our church? Doesn't he give us some direction? And let me answer with a resounding yes. Of course God cares, but they are still secondary. And God's very clear about the primary issues, our daily lives, our character, our priorities, very clear about the general will for the church, which is we're to evangelize, we're to equip, we're to nurture, we're to love God, we're to love people, we're to reach the world, but usually a lot less clear on the secondary issues like how. How are we as a church to reach the world? How are we to love people and love God? And here's where God's sovereignty and human freedom are brought together. He does care about these secondary issues. And sometimes he might give direction. He knows there's some decisions we make that be better than others. So the elders, we pray and seek God's leading, but God doesn't always clearly reveal which direction we should go. God gives principles and guidelines in the Bible that help us. So we should seek God's counsel. There's times he might give a very clear answer. And then there's other times where he gives no direction as he's saying, you decide. 
You're smart enough to figure it out. I'll give you the freedom to decide. So yes, we seek the will of God, but there's times we say, he says, you decide. So on your outline, God leads us. Yes, God leads us, but he also gives us some freedom. If I take God's will for my life to a ex- logical extreme, and I want God to control every decision I make, then I need to ask, is it God's will for me to brush my teeth this morning? Comb my hair. God, do you want me to take a shower today? You know, the kids could tell their parents, God didn't tell me anything about taking a bath tonight. <laughs> it becomes silly. If God wanted you to marry a certain person, he would have made that very clear. He would have arranged it, and maybe in some cases, he, he, he does that. But he is also, we know this for sure, very concerned that you marry wisely. His primary concern is that you use biblical guidelines when you decide, and then you be faithful to that person you did marry. That's clearly his will. Let me give you another example. I had a will for my kids. Parents, you all have a will for your kids, certain things you desire from them. Uh, I didn't want my kids to use drugs. I didn't want them to abuse their bodies. I didn't want them to be selfish. I wanted them to do their best at school, whatever endeavor they were in. I wanted them to love Jesus. I wanted them to witness. Uh, I wanted them to be part of God's family, the church. They know what their father's will is, and we were very clear about those things. But part of my will for them is also they make good decisions and be good decision makers to make up their mind in a, in a wise way. So I'm not going to tell them everything to do. They won't mature otherwise. So I, I let them choose what college. I let them choose a major. They were free to develop their own friends, and I would sometimes try to help them in some of these decisions. But my first concern was that they'd be the right kind of person. And I know if they're the right person with the right priorities, and if God honoring first is, is first in their lives, then the other decisions that they make will tend to be wise and good decisions. And I'll give them freedom. So I'm clear on some things, but I'm not going to control them in everything. Today, now they're in their 30s, if they come for me advice, I might give it and I might not. I might ask them, well, have you thought about this? Have you considered this? I, I want them to make some decisions. On the critical things, they already know my will. My kids never come to me and ask, Dad, do you want us to be honest? They never ask that. Dad, do you want us to love Jesus? Go to church? You know, they don't ask. On the other things, I might give some guidance, but I'm not going to tell them. On some things, I won't give any opinion. You decide. Same thing with God. We seek God's wisdom, but he will not always decide for us. Acts 18.21, Paul tells the Ephesians, I will come back if it is God's will. Apparently, Paul didn't know what God's will was. That was okay. He was okay with it. James says we ought to pray, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. He doesn't say try to find God's will before you do anything. He just says recognize that when you make a decision, uh, you don't always know what God's specific will is, and that's okay. So you may never know the will of God for some areas of your life. Job never find out, found out why he was suffering. God never told him. But God used him because he was faithful. In Acts 4.28, it says that Herod and Pilate, a couple of pagans, did what God's power and will decided beforehand should happen. In other words, these non-believers were doing God's will even though they didn't know they were doing God's will. God is in control. He's sovereign. But sometimes we need to be agnostic about his will and just admit, I don't know, and that's okay. And often he gives us freedom to act within his will. Um, I was thinking about John and Jenny today. I think a good question for them this afternoon would be, how do you know to go to Ukraine? Was God's calling? Was there a will? You know, I mean, how, I mean, these are tough decisions. So how do I make decisions? Let me, let me give you a, we could do a whole sermon on this, but how do I decide what's the right thing to do? 
First of all, look at God's word. What's God teach about character? It starts here. What's God teach about marriage? What's God teach about lifestyle? This is the primary way of knowing the will of God. Second, what's your motives? If it's a selfish motive, it's probably not God's will. What are your gifts and your abilities? You may want to play cello in the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, but you don't have the ability. Well, it's probably not God's will. What are your passions? What, what is your heart all about? You know, some of you have a heart for orphans and children, and, and so it, it's very likely it's God's will that you serve them, minister to them. Now, how you do it, you have some freedom probably. You, you might go overseas. You might stay at home here in the States. You might support a family with money. You know, God gives us some freedom in, in, in these areas. Listen to God's people, people who have some wisdom, people who are in touch with God. You know, what do they say about your choice of this life partner? What do they say about this job or this house or this school? And if they don't think it's a good idea, that just might be the voice of God. By the way, one of the things I ask couples, first time when they come in to do their wedding, first time I ask, what do your parents think? If mom and dad are against this, probably the will of God, you not get married right now. What's the Spirit say in your conscience? Often the Holy Spirit works in our, that voice in our mind, but that conscience, of course, needs to be informed by the Word of God. Sometimes the opportunities decide for us. We just don't have opportunities to do things maybe we want to do or we think uh, maybe God wants to do. And then you might get a special sign or a message. God did that at times. And if you don't get a special message or sign, you probably have some freedom. But with that freedom, there's still guidelines. So if you make a decision out of bad motives, it's probably a bad decision. If your decision goes against biblical principles, it's not his will. If you don't have the opportunity, it's probably not his will. Now, I, I, my guess is this sermon will raise more questions than it answers. And anyone who tells you they have this issue of God's will all figured out is either arrogant or ignorant. Because they don't, and I certainly don't. Only God fully understands this issue. But here's what we do know. God's will has been revealed in the critical issues. It is God's will that we be involved in bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Are we doing that? It is God's will that we honor him with all our being, our time, our service, our money, our energy. Are we doing that? It is God's will that we love God's people just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Are we doing that? It is God's will that we be faithful to our vows. It is God's will that we have a consistent prayer life. He's very clear on the important things. That's the will of God for your life and mine. Would you pray with me? Lord, we want to please you. We want to do your will. We want to be led by you. You've revealed your will clearly in Scripture, and I pray that we will seek after your ways. I pray that your revealed will will be the guide for our lives. You also give us freedom. You created us with the ability to make good choices, and we pray for guidance when we make choices, that we may make decisions that are pleasing to you, that will help us fulfill your will on earth. May your will be done in our lives. In Christ's name. Amen.